welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd. Welcome to the New Jesus. Um, just a little bit of review. This is the board from last uh, the last teaching. And if you remember, what we talked about the last time was, you know, Scripture says that God judges the intention of the heart, that that's what He wants. He doesn't judge our behavior. He judges the intention of our heart. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Um... As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. God judges the heart. God searches the heart. God wants the heart. Okay, it's, it's everywhere. So, the intention of your heart is what God judges. But, that may not be enough to get you the end result action that you want in your life. In fact, what most people end up living, in my, in my experience, and I did for most of my life too, is... They're saved, they have a good love-based intention of their heart, but their actions are sin, 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 not able to do what I need to do, not able to meet my potential, guilt and shame and this vicious cycle of life, you know, and, and habits, addictions, all that. Well, I think it's because the flesh, we have a, a, we're in a flesh suit, and that flesh is the source of all sin. Okay, in Scripture, flesh is the source of sin. Every time flesh is mentioned, it's about sin. It's about being saved or lost. It's about, you know, that's, that's where the rubber meets the road of sin. Okay? So we have to overcome that. We have to overcome the flesh. We have to overcome sin if we want to have love-based action, which is what we all want, but most people can't do. Okay? And, and, uh, and it's not surprising to me. I had a good friend growing up who went into the FBI, was in the FBI for 30 years, retired from the FBI. I had a conversation with him after he retired and said, okay, what did you learn in 30 years with the FBI? And he said, number one, everybody lies. Number two, nobody changes. Okay? People don't change. Right. Well, this is why you don't change. But with Scripture, through God, 
through the kingdom, grace, love, you can change. Because God is above the natural. He says it's his battle, not yours. And it will be his miraculous power that overcomes sin and the flesh. Not my limited natural earthly power that is connected and confined to this flesh. Okay? So I need... And, and that uh, what I need to get over the flesh and the sin thing is... I don't have enough stuff. I don't have enough substance. Well, faith is the substance, right? Hebrews 11.1. 1. I'm going to read some of that in a second. Uh, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Faith manifests as substance in our body and mind. In our mind, in our conscious mind, will, and emotions, and in our body, in hormones, in brain states, in brain chemicals, uh, open or closed cells, uh, DNA, everything. Everything is either coming toward a positive uh, effect or a negative effect, okay? And the positive effect is love. The negative effect is fear. The other name for the stress response is the fear response, which 95% of all illness and disease comes from that. Well, that's the opposite of love, okay? So my love-based intention isn't getting through. If I keep having fear-based actions, thoughts, feelings, behaviors, etc., Okay? And love is the root. The fruit of the Spirit is love. And the correct translation is expressing itself as joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faith, humility, self-control. Okay? So, faith is the fruit of the Spirit. That comes from God, not us. Alright? So, we need more faith. That's the substance for our, our to get us over the hill of our flesh and sin to love-based action. All right? Uh, Hebrews 11.1 1 is the kind of proof text from Scripture about faith. That's where the, uh, that Scripture comes from. Without faith, it's impossible to please Him. Um, so I'm going to read just a little bit from Hebrews 11. Now, faith is the... Uh, substance of things hoped for, the evidence of seeing things not seen. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible, but what was invisible. By faith, Abel. And then it goes on and on and on and on and on. Faith is mentioned 27 times in this one passage. 27! And, 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 uh, and then down further, it says, it, it mentions all these people, Noah, Abraham, Enoch, on and on and on. And then it says, and at the end of the lot, their life, all these people were still living by faith, and they didn't even receive the things promised. They only saw them and welcomed them, but it didn't come in their time. And, um, and then it goes on, Talks about Joseph, Moses, on and on and on and on and on and on and on. But I want to take you to verse 6. Okay? This is one I think is familiar to you, but maybe you haven't thought about it in this way. Here's verse 6. And without faith, it's impossible to please God because anyone who comes to Him must, two things, believe that He exists, and number two, 
believe that he rewards the righteous. Okay? Must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Who earnestly seek him. He rewards those who earnestly seek him. So, before we go any farther, do you believe that? You believe that God exists? Most of you would say yes. Do you believe that God rewards those who diligently seek him? Most believers I have counseled with will say they believe that, but then when I ask them, they don't really believe it. So do you think God is going to give you faith today for that thing? Well, I don't know about that. Do you think God is going to lead and guide you to the best of the job opportunities? Well, I don't know. I mean, I'm praying, but... I really don't feel any. I'm still kind of confused, okay? Do you believe that you are a saint? Do you believe that you are righteous because you're given the righteousness of Christ and it can't be earned? It has to be given and accepted. Do you? Do you? Okay? And are you earnestly seeking him? 90% of the clients I've had over the years who are believers, when I ask them right now, are you earnestly seeking God? Nine out of ten. Well, no, nah, not really. Uh, that earnestly seeking. Uh, yeah, I've done that maybe times before. I'd like to do that. Okay. And there's another passage that says, If you seek God with all your heart, you will find him. But the, the if is you got to do it with all your heart. If you're doing it half-hearted or they're even three-quarter hearted, you may not find him. But he promises if you seek him with your whole heart, you'll find him. And in this verse, he says, you got to believe I exist and you've got to believe. This is a commandment that I reward those who diligently seek me. So if you start diligently, diligently seeking God and the Lord, he promises he's going to reward you. All right? So start it and start receiving the rewards. Okay? Um, but anyway, in this passage, 27 times by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith, by faith. And it's by faith and then an action they did. By faith and then an action they were able to do. By faith and then an action they were able to accomplish that maybe they couldn't accomplish before. By faith and now the love thing happens, not the bad thing. By faith, the pain is transformed into good. By faith, you're transformed by the renewing of your mind. By Okay, so it's, it's faith and then action, faith and then action, and faith and then action. That's exactly what we said. That's, that's it. Number one is you're right with God. Number two, a love-based heart intention. The problem is number three, the flesh you've got to overcome. The answer to that is you need more substance. Okay? You need more faith. That comes from God and from spending time with Him and Scripture, understanding it, meditating on it day and night, prayer ringing without ceasing, etc. But then, if you do get enough faith, more faith from God, fruit of the Spirit comes from Him, so you get more faith from God, which gives you more substance, then you can do the action. That's exactly what it says. That's exactly what happened for thousands of years with these people. Faith and then the right action. Faith and then the right action. Faith and then the right action. No faith, no right action. Okay? It's just that simple. 
But faith is not a work, okay? There's some churches that teach a thing um, that some people I've heard call name it, claim it, which is kind of a, oh, your cancer is already healed. Is it? I mean, that's a pretty strong thing to say. If it's not, I had a dear friend who had cancer, and she was about, oh, 30, 35 years old, and she told me that they prayed over her at church, and one of the people that prayed over her said that, oh, I just got a thing from God. Your cancer is completely gone. You are healed, okay? And my friend believed it and acted on it and did not get medical attention on the basis of that. She just believed it, that her cancer was healed. This, she knew this person. Uh, she respected them, believed they were right with God. They had a word, their cancer. Guess what? The person was wrong. The word did not come from God. How do I know? She died not long after that. She never got any better, okay? All right? So that person did not hear that word from God. That person, I believe, heard that word from the father of lies and the father of confusion, okay? So it's not blind faith, so to speak, just, okay, anything I can think of, yeah, because I'm a Christian, God will give me this. God, no, 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 no. That's all the providence of God. That's up to him in a particular situation deciding which to do, which not to do, and, it, and his thing to us is he'll always do what's best for us, whether we know that or even believe it or not, okay? But the faith is not me, oh, I've got to have more faith, I've got to believe more. No, that's turning faith in, and belief into a work, and it's not a work. We're saved by grace, okay? Uh, my spiritual mentor taught me this decades ago, and I believe it's true, and it has changed my life. And it's uh, the way faith works is you spend more and more time with God, more and more time in Scripture, more and more time meditating, more and more time in the Revelation 1 throne room in your heart, which I do, is my meditation every day. And here's the key. One day you will discover yourself believing or having more faith. You didn't earn it, you didn't create it, conjure it up with your willpower. No, you can't do that, all right? You're not strong enough, and, it, and it's not yours anyway. It comes from him. So you spend the time with him, and you discover yourself at some point, believing, having more faith, and now you can do the love-based action, okay? So, uh, I, I would think this is pretty important if it says we can't please God without it. We have to have it to be saved. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. It indicates if you don't believe, you may not be saved. Okay? So it's critical to our salvation. It's critical to being, to, to being able to do the love-based action that God wants us to do in the kingdom and for those around us that we love and love us. And it is the substance that can get us over the hill so that our love-based intention can become love-based action and behavior and our life go up and up and up and up. Okay, so that is last week, okay? And I added just a little bit, but it was, 
mainly review. So now, we've still got a problem, but how do I change my programming? Because again, my friend at the FBI says, people don't change. He says, you can't change. That 999 out of a thousand or 900 million and 900, you know, to a billion or whatever it is that people don't change. Well, I would say that's not true, but I would say it's because people are trying to change in their own strength and they're trying to do it from a fear-based place rather than a love-based place. All right, so how do you change your programming when, when people don't change or it's so difficult to change? All right. You need to understand a little bit here of how we're built, okay? I believe we are basically a three-part being, body, mind, spirit. The body is the container for the soul, which is your conscious mind, will, and emotions. Conscious. No unconscious, no subconscious. Conscious, all right? And... The, uh, our conscious mind or soul is roughly a million times weaker than our heart or unconscious, subconscious, ancestral mind. Your unconscious mind is a million times more powerful than your conscious intention from your conscious mind, will, emotion, and connected to your body. And all these little marks, these black marks, are staples, okay? Your body and soul are stapled together inextricably, okay? The life of the soul, Scripture says, is in the blood, which is the body, okay? The life of the soul is in the blood. The spirit is in the heart. Scripture says that the Holy Spirit is in our heart. Our spirit is in our heart. Our spirit becomes one with the Holy Spirit in the heart. Jesus, we are one with him, and that is a heart-based relationship. Uh, God wants our heart. We already talked about that, all right? Um, so this is your unconscious, your subconscious, and your ancestral information, wisdom, and power. And the internal heart, spirit, a million times more unconscious, a million times more powerful than your conscious intention and willpower. Okay, so the body and soul kind of together are, I believe, what Scripture calls the flesh. Okay? And your body, of course, is hormones, brain, heart, nervous system, uh, brain states that affect our emotions, brain chemistry that affect our emotions, um, hormones that greatly affect the functioning of every organ of the body and our emotions, okay? Absolutely huge. Uh, soul is kind of conscious, rational reasoning and logic Heart is more spatial, more out-of-the-box. Uh, uh, soul, more linear. Heart, more spatial. Okay? All right. Um, 
So, number one, does it fit your current circumstances or not? And what I'm talking about here is the difference in emotions and feelings, okay? Emotions are in the soul. Feelings are in the heart, okay? If you go ask a uh, hundred people, and I've done this, what's the soul? Their answer, it's the inner man, okay? What's the heart? Inner man. What's the spirit? Inner man, all right? Well, okay, they're not all the same, all right? Even though we sort of look at it that way, all right? Or, I, or most, people, most believers do, and I did growing up. Okay, but here's how it really here's how it really works. Our emotions are consistent with our physical and external circumstances. Is the temperature okay or am I hot or cold? Am I thirsty and really need a drink of water? Or am I not? Am I hungry? Do I have any pain anywhere in my body? Do I have uh, emotional pain because the house we're living in is not the house I would like to be living in, which causes me pain. Uh, do I have pain, emotional pain because my spouse or some other person is not doing what I would like for them to do or not doing what I don't want them to do or they're just bugging me or something, okay? All of that is soul. All of that is emotions. It is consistent with your physical and external circumstances. Okay? So if it's hot, you should feel hot. If it's cold, you should feel cold. If it's hungry, you should feel hungry. If your stomach's upset, you should feel pain. If, if someone uh, gives you a dirty look, you should feel something negative. If, you, if someone gives you a positive look, you should feel something, you should emote something positive. If you win the lottery, you're going to emote something positive, etc. Okay? It is totally connected to your physical and external circumstances. Feelings are from the heart. And they are not about your physical and external circumstances. They're about your internal heart circumstances. Okay? Which can be love-based, fear-based, or both, okay? All right, so your feelings are mainly about uh, your internal circumstances, morality, what is right, what is wrong. Your conscience, according to Scripture, is in the heart. I call that your love compass. Uh, we know from research that 50% of what you believe about your life from your memories is in error, and the average person leans 80% to the negative. That's heart feelings, okay? It's past programming. It's moral issues and, and moral-related pain. I believe in God, but I just lusted. I believe in God, but I just gossiped. I believe in God, but I just told a lie. I believed in God, but I just manipulated somebody in order to do something I wanted to do or to get out of doing something, okay? Um, that's painful because it conflicts with what you believe is right for you. It's about uh, right and wrong, and there is a tension between the fear-based and the love-based in the heart, okay? Which causes pain.
All right. Um, your soul is your current physical and external circumstances, the physical and the non-physical pain that comes from emotional pain about something in my circumstances not being the way I want it to be. Okay? Something's not the way I want it. Okay? That is soul and that is emotions. Okay, so how do you sort of differentiate and work with that? Well, let me give you an example. Uh, when Hope and I got married, Hope was depressed and she was an extreme introvert. I mean, really extreme. Way more so than she is today. Almost just afraid of, of interaction with people. I mean, really extreme, but had, oh man, she was so beautiful and true and honest and pure inside and out as well at the same time. But anyway, here's the emotion versus feeling thing. I was uh, in full-time ministry at the time, working as a youth minister, and if you know anything about youth ministry, you party all the time. You have parties for everything. Uh, you have devotionals, but then after the devotional, you have pizza and watch TV and play games and laugh and throw people around the room and all kinds of crazy stuff that teenagers love, okay? But it, it's a party, okay? Even Bible study, like in, in classes at church on Sunday night, Sunday morning, Wednesday night, we would try to make it fun. So yeah, there'd be a teaching, but we'd have cookies and potato chips and music and uh, maybe play a game or two, you know, in between the teaching or, or whatever. So anyway, let's say the party is going to be Friday night. Um, and we knew about it Sunday, the Sunday before, okay? So it's almost going to be a whole week. I promise you, hope her whole week would be ruined because she would be worried about having to go to that party on Friday night and talk to people. And it made it even worse because I was a youth minister, so I was kind of the head guy. So everyone came to her if they had a question or comment or, or because she was like an extension of me, all right? Well, she didn't want that. She wanted to go in a corner and hide, okay? So it would ruin her whole week worrying about it. Then, when it came time to go to the party, she would go, of course, but she would go into that room and she would be beyond fight or flight. I think sometimes she would go to full-blown shock, okay? But for sure, fight or flight. And when we left, then she starts trying to heal and decompress from that because it was so painful, so intense. And, and, and even though the party only lasted three hours, she's been going through it since Sunday when she found out about it. Okay? Alright, so is that emotions or feelings? It's feelings. Okay? Is there anything threatening about a party with good people that just want to get together and love each other and learn something new and have fun and eat a little bit and spend more time together, okay? No, of course not. There's nothing scary about that. No one brings knives and tries to hurt anybody or uh, we, we never had an explosion at one of those even with the two teenagers going after each other. 
Never happened. It happened at some other times, but not during one of those events, okay? So, for years, there had never been a negative occurrence. So, there's zero reason for hope to have her week ruined and then to go into fight or flight or even shock and then take like three or four more days to, to come back down from the trauma of it. When it was all said and done, you're looking at eight, nine, ten days that ruined for her out of her fear and terror and anxiety about being around kind, nice people who just want to know more about her and love her and want to be better and better friends. Okay? That is not emotions. That is not consistent with her physical and external circumstances. What's consistent with your physical or external circumstances is either to look forward and enjoy going to the party or to not like parties, but to know that there's nothing dangerous there. So, okay, yeah, I'll go kill three hours. I doubt I'll have a good time, but that's okay. You know, just, it's a party. So I'll go eat, drink, you know, make the best of it, but not shock and terror and and, and, and granted that that example of hope and going to parties is an extreme example okay I've had thousands of clients the great majority were not that extreme about something going to a party but you understand it's on a continuum think of it like a minus 10 to plus 10 plus 10 no anxiety at all going to the party looking forward to it Minus 10, what Hope experienced. So you might not be at a minus 10, but you might be at a minus 5, okay? And that, and if you're at a minus 5 in a situation that is not dangerous or negative, you're malfunctioning. That's not consistent with your circumstances. You're malfunctioning. And the malfunction is coming from here. It's coming from your heart. It's coming from unresolved sin. It's coming from negative fear-based programming, not just from your life, but hundreds of years into your ancestry, the sins of the fathers visited on the sons. Okay, I think that's Leviticus. Okay, that's where it's coming from. Well, what's the problem with that? The problem with that is that the definition of the unconscious is you don't know what it is. That's what's hard, all right? And that's what God wants. He wants the part that you don't know what it is. But we do know in general what it is. It's where all of our memories are. It is the right versus wrong. It's where our conscience is. If we're a Christian, it's where we're united with Christ, united with the Holy Spirit. Okay, our spirit is in the heart. Okay, it's, it's, but scripture also says, I believe this is Genesis 4 or 6, that the inclination of man's heart is toward evil from his youth. So we're born into a situation where we've got fear and sin and negative programming already in our heart, and now we're in this flesh suit. 
and we're trying to choose what to do and what not to do. And, and this is just a feeling. We don't necessarily know where it's coming from. What is the memory that's causing hope to be in terror over going to a party? She had no idea, okay? But she gave it to the Lord, okay? Finally, it was hard to do because things that hurt so bad, in a way you don't want to let go of them because you're at least managing it okay. What if it gets worse, all right? But she was able to give that to the Lord and God healed her heart on that issue. And now parties are still not her favorite thing, but she's not whacked out for eight or nine days either. It's more of a, yeah, I really don't like parties a lot, but it's okay, I'll, I'll, I'll be fine. I'll find something to do. And she doesn't worry about it for a week. And it doesn't take three days to come back down after the party's over and stuff like that. But she never knew specifically where that was coming from. But she could know way back then that, wait a minute, this is not, my, this is not a soul issue this is a heart issue because it's, it's not consistent with my circumstances. Therefore, it's not an emotion, it's a feeling, and the feelings come from the heart. Okay? Now, if that was switched, and uh, she goes to the party, and there is somebody chasing her with a knife, you know, some kid is on drugs or something, and thinks she's pretty and goes after her and whatever. Oh, oh, now that's an emotion. And that's consistent with her circumstances. And she needs to go into fight or flight. And she will go into fight or flight. She can't help it. Okay? That is consistent. If I'm too hot, it's consistent to feel too hot. And that'd be a little irritating. It's supposed to motivate me to get the temperature down. Because if, the, if I'm hot for too long, it could kill me or even have a negative impact on me. All right? Uh, but that's what it's for, not to guide my life. To guide my life, I need to take control with my conscious mind, will, and emotions, my heart, and consciously give it to God, give it to Jesus, give it to the Holy Spirit every single day. I don't even know what's in here, but you do. Will you please search my heart? Um, I believe David said, search my heart, find any unclean way in me, and lead me to your everlasting way. All right? That's a great prayer for the heart stuff. Okay? Uh, all right, so let, let's wrap this up. Um, all right, so number one, does it fit your current circumstances or not? If it fits your current circumstances, Current circumstances, it's an emotion. If it doesn't, it's a feeling. Number two, positive heart always acts on and improves the circumstances. So if your heart is, a, is resonating positive, love, joy, peace, you're right with God, the intention of your heart is love-based, etc. A positive heart always improves your soul and body. Can't help it and your external circumstances, okay? Number three, a negative heart always acts on and makes your soul and body worse. Illness, disease, uh, negative emotions, because I'm feeling bad all the time, whatever, 
Okay, that is consistent. If I'm having pain and I feel guilt and shame all the time for stuff I'm doing or not doing, yeah, that can be a legitimate emotion. Okay? Number four, change the negative heart junk to positive. God calls that be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Okay? And it changes everything. But how do you change the negative to the positive? Well, we've already talked about giving it to him. But I think there's another, one other thing that has really been key for me in my life. All right? And we've been talking about these last several teachings. It doesn't matter. Okay? The things that you think you want in your life that are soul-based and your physical circumstances the house you live in, the car, the clothes, how are you famous or not, what's your job, all, that stuff really doesn't matter in the scope of eternity. And then we talked about how even our sin, it, yeah, that always matters because it grieves God, separates us from God for a period of time, etc. But in the context of eternity and our salvation, it doesn't matter because we're under grace, as long as the intention of our heart is that and, and, and we're right with God and have not committed the unpardonable sin, etc. Okay? So, now, let's take one more step. Alright? Your emotions don't Your emotions don't matter. You need to get to a place living your Christian life where your emotions don't matter. At least not as far as the big strokes of life. The things that are most important. Your goals. Your priorities. Things like that. Because the emotions are all about our physical and external circumstances. Well, our flesh suit is going to go away and we're going to be given a new body that is incorruptible, never dies, never has pain, never ages evidently. Basically a perfect body, but it will be a physical body. Okay? Um, but this flesh suit that keeps us in sin, we're going to lose that at death. It will not be an issue anymore. And those soul things, the physical and external circumstances, we talked uh, last teaching or the one before about the scripture uh, that says that troubling things from this life will not even be remembered in heaven. Our memory is either going to be wiped or edited. It appears to me that we'll remember good stuff, but... The, the troublesome things will not be remembered. That's a scripture. Okay? They won't be. Alright? So all this soul, soul stuff about our physical and external circumstances, you won't even remember the negative of it. You, you may remember the positive, but you won't remember the negative. Okay? Well, these negative emotions, that's what they're about, is your physical and external circumstances. Okay? So when it comes to how you're going to live your day and your life, I believe it will make a huge difference for you 
if you will tell yourself, my emotions don't matter. Okay, I'm hot. Let me go cool the temperature down. But I'm not going to get out, been out all, all bent out of shape because I'm hot. I've got a pain, and more and more as I get older. Okay, well, let me see what I can do about it, but I'm not going to get bent out of shape. I'm not going to go to anger or fear or, or lying or stealing or anything like that based on my pain because that's an emotion. That's, that, that stuff is not even going to exist in the future. It'll be as if that never even happened, okay? So, but your feelings... That's absolutely going to matter in the next world because that is morality. That is your conscience, which is, uh, Scripture calls your conscience the law that's written on your heart. I call it your love compass. It's how you know whether something is righteous or, or, not, or sin or not good to do. Okay? And that's built in. That programming is built in. All right? Um, so the feelings absolutely matter. So with our conscious mind, will, and emotions, we need to have as our intention to clean up our heart, to have our heart transformed. How does that happen? Present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God. All right? And if and when you do that, what comes? Transformation. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, but that's not conscious mind. That is not conscious intention willpower from that passage. It's your heart. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. That's really your heart, your unconscious mind. Subconscious, generational, ancestral. Okay? All right? That is not the word for conscious mind and intention in that passage. So be transformed. You present your body a living sacrifice. What does that mean? It means my body doesn't matter. As far as morality and right and wrong and my priorities and how, we, how I live my life, yeah, I'm going to take care of my body because God tells me my body's the temple of the Holy Spirit and take care of it. But I'm not going to get all bent out of shape and sin and go to fear and all this other stuff based on my body because it doesn't matter. It's not even going to exist in the next world. It's only part of this test. And the test is will I choose love or fear? Will I believe in God or will I not believe? And ladies and gentlemen, that's heart stuff. Okay? And the... the um, recent research that 50% of what we believe about our life from our memories is wrong and the average person leans 80% to the negative, well, that's totally consistent with Scripture. The, the heart of man is inclined toward evil from his youth. So in order to have the life you want, your heart has to be transformed. And God says he will do that. He will give you a new heart at conversion He'll give you the righteousness of Christ. He'll give you the mind of Christ. And if you will present your body a living sacrifice, you will be transformed. And I believe can go from 50% wrong to 90% right 
and 80% negative to 80% positive and love-based. So to me, this is my number one channel changer and the thing that helps me along with taking every thought and emotion captive to the obedience of Christ, if I keep reminding myself and it be something I'm totally committed to, my emotions don't matter. My feelings matter. And if I have negative feelings that are against Scripture, it means those are lies from Satan and programming from my ancestry that is sin and fear-based. And that means I've got to give that to God, get, present my body as a living sacrifice, which means I'm not going to give in to my emotions. I'm not going to give in to them in sin. Okay, I'm going to give them to God to transform and give me more faith for more substance to the correct, appropriate action in my life. Okay? So, um, yeah, present your body a living sacrifice and you're transformed. New heart, the righteousness of Christ, the mind of Christ. Um, overcome evil with good. Okay? Okay. Uh, that's a, a wonderful passage where it talks about, you know, even if someone in, in my physical and external circumstances is negative to me, which would be emotions, that's my physical and external circumstances, no matter what they do in, to my body or in my physical and external circumstances or to me personally or whatever, my emotions don't matter. My natural emotions from that, if someone's evil toward me, is going to be negative and either hurt them back or run. No, my emotions don't matter. My feelings matter. And I've got to get my feelings and my heart transformed to take it from 50% wrong to right and from 80% negative to 80% positive. And part of that is no matter what happens, no matter what evil or negative happens in my physical or external circumstances, body or soul, it doesn't matter. What matters is the heart and giving it to God and staying connected to Him, praying without ceasing Scripture, etc. Okay? So, that's the takeaway for me from this teaching is does it fit your current circumstances or not? That tells you if it's emotion or feeling. Positive heart and feelings always improve your soul and body. Negative ones uh, make your soul and body worse, both physical and emotional. If you can change them from negative to positive, you are transformed. That is not your job or work. It's God's, but it is your choice. As an event, and then again every day, sometimes every hour. And I'm telling you that one of the things that's helped me the most, and a lot of my clients, is to adopt this new belief for my life my feelings are all important, and I've got to transform those by transforming my heart, which God promises He'll do if I choose Him in that. And then 
to have an intention, a love-based intention of my heart and mind that my emotions don't matter. I'm not going to give in to those if they would take me to sin or negativity. And I'm going to transform the feelings of my heart or, or, or have God do that by choosing Him and understanding how this works. And that will change my heart from negative to positive and that's transformation. And it will make my emotions, my thoughts, better and better and better and better. And usually my body healthier and healthier and my physical and external circumstances more and more content and fulfilled regardless of rich or poor or in between. Okay? So... Think about it this week. Emotions don't matter in the long-term, eternal, and even in this life, long view, the delayed gratification. That's what our emotions, if we follow them negatively, tend to take us to instant gratification, which is not waiting on the Lord taking love substitutes instead of waiting for the real thing. And it usually means we never get to the real thing because we keep doing it every over and over, and it's always tomorrow. All right? So think about it. Pray about adopting that as one of your life kind of guidelines. My emotions don't matter. My heart and feelings and morality and conscience and my spirit, the spirit of, yes, all of that matters. That's what I'm prioritizing. That's what I'm focusing on. That's where I'm trying to live with God empowering me in right relationship with him. I want to get away from living here and here, okay? But when my heart's transformed, my soul will also be transformed, and usually my body too. If you work on your body, it may improve your body. It usually won't do anything for your soul or heart. might help a little bit. Same with soul. If you work on your con by your conscious intention, okay, you might make more money or build a house or get a new car or whatever, but it's probably not going to change your life very much. You change this for the positive, you'll never be the same. And that is, the, that is God's intention for creating you and in his relationship with you. He says right in scripture, he wants your heart. And that's what he judges. All right? So emotions in that context don't matter. Don't let them trick you into sin and vicious cycles and selfishness. All right? Thank you so very much. Have a wonderful, blessed day.